This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 7. We are in a brand new series called In My Feelings. And really what we're talking about is we're not talking about emotions as much as we're talking about. I like the subtitle. It's making decisions off facts, not feelings. A lot of us, what happens is we get caught up in our emotions, in our feelings. We start being led or even driven by our emotions. In fact, the question I asked last Sunday was, do you control your emotions or do your emotions control you? You've got to get to the place emotionally where you're healthy enough to go, I feel these things, but I don't have to act on these things. I feel all wound up and I feel spooled out. I feel this stuff, but I'm actually driven by facts, not by feelings. I think this is so imperative. This is so important because you cannot step into your full potential until you master your emotions. This is so important. i got to go off facts. What are the facts? What is the truth? It's not what I feel. We talked about this last week. Feelings come and feelings go. Feelings are fleeting. Feelings will last for a night, a week, a weekend, a month, but they're not going to stay. What's going to stay? What God says. What's facts? What God says about me. One of my favorite scriptures is about scripture. It says, the grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord will last forever. So I can build my life on facts that will remain no matter what the season, no matter what the feeling, no matter what the relationship does. I'm going on facts, not feelings. Somebody say amen. amen. So we're going facts on facts on facts. Not feelings. Last week we talked about lies of loneliness. And usually when you are emotional and you're giving into your emotions, you want to isolate. You want to hide out. You want to give into your emotions. And you want to take your ball and go home. And, the, and we listen to the lies of loneliness. That was last week. You can catch up on YouTube or podcast. This week, I don't want to talk about loneliness. I want to talk about the emotion of fear. Having a lifestyle that is gripped and plagued by fear. And I'm not talking about fear of God that's healthy. The fear of God that's healthy is like a reverence. It's an awe. It's like a wonder of God. I'm talking about fear that torments, fear that brings anxiety, fear that brings depression and sadness. That fear is not from God. In fact, I, want to, I just want to show you that that kind of fear, if you ever feel it, that is not from God, that is from Satan. In fact, let me just prove it to you in the scripture. First Timothy, let it come on the screens. Watch what it says here. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and sound mind. I love that. God has given me a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of... Sa- he has not given me fear. That's from the enemy. In fact, first book of the Bible, first couple. Who are they? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are in the garden. God's like, you can have all the fruit you want. You cannot... The only thing you cannot have is the honey crisp on these trees right here. Because that was a lot more funny than your reaction. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm getting kind of angry at you right now. Because the valley, we had a heyday, okay? I'm just going to say, are we going to party or not? Because I'll just, we'll play the video. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Like threatening, you know? But, but, but he said, you can have everything you want, but you cannot have the honey crisp from the tree. 
what is it about humanity? <laughs> it wasn't even genuine. You guys are just being mean now. What is it about humanity is that we, we want what we can't have. They eat the apple that is forbidden. They hide in shame because the serpent has told them. And now God comes and says, what are you afraid of? Who told you you were naked? And fear enters the earth. Fear comes to the earth. Fear is the tactic and the tool of the enemy. He wants to use fear-based religion, fear-based relationships to shame you and guilt you into a different life. That's not God. God uses love. He uses freedom. He uses joy to change you. He doesn't use fear. It's the enemy. God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of power and love and sound mind. Last week we talked about you got to have a sobriety of mindset. You got to get some sensibility with your sobriety. That's why 4th of July, hope you have fun, barbecue and all that, but drink root beer. Come on, church, let's be honest, because you got to get some sensibility with sobriety, okay? You need some sobriety to get some sensibility. Some of you are like, did he just say that? Yes, I did. And so, dead root beer. And so, um, you got to get some sensibility to get sobriety so you're not so emotionally drunk that you make bad decisions. So he'll use loneliness in your life, and he'll use fear in your life. Now today, I want to talk about a character in the Bible in the Old Testament. His name is Saul. If you don't know anything about the Bible, this is a really cool story. In the Old Testament, the way God had set up their governance was God had given them judges. His nation, his people of Israel, they had a judge. God was using judges. Well, Israel got jealous that all the other nations had kings. They're looking around all the other nations. And like, dang, we want a king. Kings look so cool. We want a king too. Mom, dad, can we have a king? They want a king. God says, you don't want a king, trust me. Kings are bad. They're going to tax you. They're not going to be. You do not want a king. They're like, oh, everybody else get a king. Why can't we get a king? So for God, finally, he is sick of it. Finally, he gives them a king. Now, the first king that God gives Israel is a king named Saul. And Saul, from the beginning, he is plagued with fear. He is pl- his whole life never gets into faith. It always lives in fear. See, the opposite of fear is faith. And what God is trying to get us to do is get out of our emotions, out of our fear, and into our faith. The Bible actually says now, as believers, the just shall live by faith. So we don't live by fear. We live now by what we can't see, what we don't hear, what we don't yet realize. We are living by faith. When you live by fear, you go by what you see, you go by what you hear, and you go by what you can have. We're not those people. We're now faith people. So Saul has been plagued by fear. And what our scripture reading today, Saul is literally waiting to go fight a battle. And in his life, he's got a pastor named Samuel. Samuel's like his pastor. And Samuel has said, wait here, Saul, until we go into this battle. Wait till I get back. Then we'll make the offering sacrifices. And then we'll go into war. Well, Saul is waiting for Samuel to come back, his pastor. And he doesn't come back yet, and things aren't going well. People start to scatter. He's starting to fear. 
feel anxious. He's starting to see the situation. And so he doesn't trust Samuel. He takes matters into his own hands because he's afraid. Watch today's reading, 1 Samuel chapter number 13, and watch what it says in verse 7. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, and the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. And just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. And he said, what have you done? <laughs> I like last week. If you remember, last week God said to Elijah, what are you doing here? And this week God is saying, what have you done? Emotions will always lead you to the place where people say, what are you doing here? And what have you just done? Watch what he says here. Saul replied, when I saw the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt, I, fe I was in my feelings and I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. He says, you have done a foolish thing. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure, and the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler over his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. I want to preach a message today right down the title. It's called The Symptoms of the Scared. Symptoms of the Scared. And I'm believing by the end of this message, we will get out of our fears and into our faith. I wonder how much fear is dictating your decisions. Fear is a bully. One of my favorite lyrics of any song is Hillsong United when they say fear is just a bully running out of breath. And so many of us have been plagued and we have been riddled by fear and we make decisions out of anxiety, out of sadness, out of panic. And no longer, we are not going to give into a spirit of fear. We are going to give into a spirit of faith. And we're going to make decisions that literally are out of our emotions and into our facts. Come on, clap together if you believe it and you got some faith for it today. Amen? Come on, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you today for your word. We thank you that you love us, you are for us, and you are with us. We ask on a day like today that you'd open up our eyes so we can see you, open up our ears so we can hear you. We thank you that the unique, profound thing that will happen when your word is preached will happen today. Thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you that you are awesome. You are amazing. You're for us and not against us. God, we don't want to live in fear. We want to live in faith. So help us today. And God, we thank you that our city, Los Angeles, is blessed. Lord, thank you that the Dodgers will win the World Series this year and the Lakers are going to get their free agent tonight in Jesus' name. We thank you that we are no longer scared because we're going to win rings again in Jesus' name name and everybody said together come on angelinos let's clap right now in faith we're getting out of our loneliness and into our feelings of joy i'll drink to that <laughs> cheers um i don't know if you are like this type of person where you're like really quick and you can do this easily like if someone were to come to you and say like what are your biggest fears i don't know if you're like really quick to just be like oh i know what they are or you have to pause and think like I don't know. Good question. Like, what am I afraid of? What are my fears? Like, if you were to ask me what are your biggest fears, I'd be like, boom, real fast. Like, I just, my biggest fear in all of life is snakes. I hate snakes. Anybody else? 
Like snakes are so, I don't care if it's snakes on a plane. I do not care. I do not want to see any snakes. The other day I was out golfing with a buddy in Palm Springs. And we're playing golf. We're out there on the golf course. And his ball is in the middle of the fairway. We roll up to the ball in the golf cart. And it's right next to a snake. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I get so afraid. I'm like, oh, my gosh. We got to go. Like, we can't stand. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, bro, it's all good. I'll play my ball. That snake's asleep. What? What? Like what? It's like you know, like this changes our whole relationship, bro. You know when they're asleep. He's like, oh, I'm way good. It's asleep. We're fine. He goes up by his ball. Snake's right here. He's like doing his practice swing. He's like, he's gonna go hit. He's like, I'm like, bro, stop. You're gonna, we're gonna die. He's like, no, it's asleep. We're fine. I was like, again with the sleep thing. It's not true. Like, so he hits his ball, and like we ended the friendship right there. It's just done right there. But it's just like I, I'm, I'm afraid of snakes. I, I'm, I'm really afraid of like I'm claustrophobic. Anybody else claustrophobic? I'm afraid of real small spaces, like real, like elevators. Elevators are a big thing for me. Like if I get into an elevator. Like, I'm going to count who's on here. I'm going to just make sure if I get stuck for an hour, it's going to be with you. I'm fine with that. Like, I just, I, I, if you have a, a house that has an elevator, I'll never get in it. Like, I just, I don't like tight spaces. I don't like, I, I don't like feeling claustrophobic. When I was in Jerusalem last week, we're on this tour. We're having a great time on the tour. And the tour guide says, we're, we're in the city of David. He's like, hey, I want to take you guys down into Hezekiah's tunnels. No. I'm not going into a tunnel. He's like, no, it's really cool. They're Hezekiah's tunnels. I don't care if they're Jesus Christ tunnels. I ain't going through a tunnel. I don't care whose tunnel it is. Good for his tunnel. I ain't going through a tunnel. He's like, no, we won't go through the wet ones. We'll go through the dry one. I was like, there's a w- you guys are weird, man. This is not cool. So he's like, no, this one's fast. So somehow, some way, I follow a tour guide into a tunnel. It's this tight space. We're walking through like this. I'm like, how much further, bro? He's like, oh, it's just a five to seven minute walk. You didn't tell me this. I start running through the tunnel. I'm like bouncing against rocks. I'm so mad. Full on panic attack. I don't know if you've had a, have you ever had a panic attack? I had a panic attack two summers ago on a plane. I was in Dallas, Texas, middle of summer, and a little tube, like a little hopper one where there's like 12 seats, you know what I mean? And the AC went out. We had a full-on panic attack. Just, just melted down. <laughs> gone. It was just gone. Like I'm waving myself, and it was like, ah, I'm in panic. Ah, gone. Full gone. So I'm afraid of snakes. I'm afraid of small spaces. So I get social anxiety. So I guess so, I guess so, people are like, you're such an extrovert. I'm an extrovert with the right people, okay? If you give me the wrong person, I get social anxiety. I get social anxiety around close talkers. You know what I'm talking about? Because a close talker doesn't know they're a close talker. So I'm talking to a close talker, and I'm like this, and I'm backing up, and I can do a full circle. They didn't even realize we danced. <laughs> Gives me anxiety. It's a lot of fear. It's a lot of fear right there. It's a lot of pressure. But I want to talk today about moving out of our fears and into our faith. Faith people, as believers in Jesus, we don't go by what we see. We don't go by what we hear. We don't go by what we feel. We go by faith. Fear-based religion and fear-based living is always off the moment, always off feelings, always off what's in front. I feel this way, so I act this way. No, that's how Saul lived, and we're going to see what it cost him. I want you to move out of your fears and into your faith, because faith is about trusting God, not trusting ourselves. Come on, clap right now and thank God. We're not going to be ruled. We're not going to be driven by fear. That's not from God. 
God has not given us a spirit of fear. What did He give us? A spirit of faith. We have faith in God. We have trust in God. We have confidence in God. And Saul's problem is plagued by fear. He's ruled by anxiety. He's riddled with, he's crippled with such scaredness. I'm going to give you four things to write down about living this way with so much fear. Write down number one. Fear will make you force things. The first thing that fear does is fear goes, you can't trust God. You can't trust the Bible. You can't trust Jesus. You better trust yourself. So you're going to force things. And here's the problem. You are so talented. You are so good looking. You are so amazing. You are so graced. You are so anointed. You could force just about anything. The only problem is when you get it, it'll be you there, but God won't be in it. Samuel's like, Saul, wait here. Don't do anything until I get back. Saul's like, cool. You notice how we're good until we're not good? Saul's like, okay, great. We'll wait for you, Samuel. Pastor Samuel, we love you. Samuel goes. He doesn't come back at the appointed time. And Saul starts going, oh, oh, they're scattering. They're leaving. We're going to lose. Huh? Panic. Oh, fear. And so give me, the, give me the offering. Give me the offering. And he makes, watch this. This offering is not out of faith. This offering is out of fear. He makes the offering. Samuel comes back and he's like, what did you just do? He's like, ah, I'm sorry. I, 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 I for, watch what the message translation. Watch the same scriptures in the message translation. Watch what it says here. Put it up on the screen. I love the way the message reads this. It says, what, are you, what on earth are you doing, Samuel said. And Saul answered, when I saw I was losing my army from under me, and that you hadn't come when you said you would, and the Philistines were poised at Michmash, I said the Philistines are about to come down on me in Gilgal, and I haven't yet come before God asking his help. So I took things into my own hands have you ever done that before God you're not showing up so I'll show up God you're not making it happen so I better make it happen this is Los Angeles this is culture today this is society I can't trust God God's timing's off no God knows when to promote you God knows when to provide for you. God knows his timetable. Come on, God is never too early and he's never too late. Come on, somebody give him an on-time praise right now. He's God. And some of us, we go by what we see and we go by what we feel. And we're like, I'm seeing things and so I force it. The only problem with forcing stuff is you're going to be left to maintain it. You're going to be left tame to survive it. You better bring all your life and all your energy. But when God's in something, you're like, hey, I didn't even make this up. I didn't force this situation. I didn't force this business transaction. I didn't make up this. I didn't force anything. God, this just fell on my lap. This is just an open door from heaven. This is just a divine opportunity. This is a divine appointment. I wasn't even praying for this. I didn't even ask God for this, but God showed up. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be in the God stuff than the me stuff. I'd rather be in the faith stuff than the fear stuff. I'd rather be in the God make things happen than me make things happen somebody praise him right now I'm not going off fear don't you live by fear when you got fear here's the next thing write down number two fear will make you panic so we all panicking like oh snake oh my god we're in a tunnel close talker bad breath 
This is what Saul's doing. He's like, he's like, oh God, I got I've never met anybody that's like, you know what I love? I love stressed out people. They are such a joy. Their anxiety, their energy, when they really get going, I just, oh. It's just, it's a delight. I don't know what it is about their anxiety. It just helps me. No, when you get panicky, everybody's like, whoa. Because what, what is it? It's, it's going like, I got to just uh, force, manipulate, leverage. Uh. And again, I want to be very sensitive to anybody that's have any anxiety. If you've ever had an anxiety attack or you deal with anxiety, so have I. I have anxiety. It's called Zoe Conference. <laughs> I wonder if you're coming. We all have anxiety. But the Bible actually gives a prescription for anxiety. The Bible actually gives an antidote for anybody that's dealing with fear. Look at Lamentations 3. This is, you can't make this stuff up. This is the Bible. Watch what it says. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To those soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. God's like, just... Saul's like, ah! God's like, I bet you God's just like, calmate. <laughs> Spanish for calm down. Just, I don't know if you need a translator. It's Rosetta stuff, okay. But, <laughs> simmer. It is good to wait quietly for the Lord. You know what Saul should have done? Samuel's not back. <laughs> but God is good. I feel I feel anxiety, but I'm going to give my anxiety to heaven. God says anybody that deals with anxiety, you don't have to stay in a panic. You could actually exchange your panic for his peace. You could actually surrender your anxiety and receive his anointing. You can give your worst and receive his best. It's called the beautiful exchange. Watch here, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, 7. It says, be anxious in no, in, in, for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It's saying there's nothing in your world that is worth your panic. There is nothing in your family, nothing in your career, nothing in your city that is warranting panic he says be anxious about nothing but in everything let your request bring your panic bring your stress to me and I'll actually bring you peace and the difference between the world's peace and God's peace is the world's peace is fleeting it's temporary but God's peace will post up and guard my heart and my mind so I had panic in my heart and panic in my mind and watch what God says. No, I will not let anxiety in. I will not let depression in. I will not let fear in. I will be a guard. I saw this beautiful uh, video. I say beautiful because I love basketball. I saw this great video of Dwayne Wade. He's over in China right now. And this one kid, he was, he was playing defense. He's guarding this kid. And this kid, this kid tried to punk Dwayne Wade and dribble the ball between his, throw it between Dwayne Wade's legs and get through him. And so this, guy, this guy's dribbling, and he tries to throw it, and Dwayne Wade just puts his hand, he guards him, puts, stops the ball, 
grabs the ball, picks it up, dunks it. I was like, dang, and he's retired. That's fire. Like, Yo, that's fire. Thank God for the internet. It's fire. But, but, but you, you need to get a visual that the enemy is trying to get fear in you and anxiety in you and riddled with scaredness. And all of a sudden, God says, nope, you're not getting by. I'm guarding this heart. I'm guarding this home. I'm guarding this mind. I'm guarding your future. When you give your panic to Jesus, he brings your peace. Somebody thank him right now. I'm not riddled with depression. I'm not riddled with anxiety. It's only because I surrendered it and gave it to God. It's not that you're so awesome. It's that God's so awesome. What changed about you? Oh, I just surrendered it over to God. What did it take? It took a lot of faith. I was fearful. I was a scaredy cat. I was afraid. I was filled with panic. No, no, no. I just got in my faith. I said, no, by faith, my home will be guarded. By faith, my mind belongs to God. By faith, I belong to Jesus. By faith, my heart will think upon good things. Somebody thank him right now. I'm getting the peace that will guard my heart and guard my mind. These are God's promises. Here's, here's, here's Saul. He's like, where's Samuel? Where is he? Is he going to come back? The guys are leaving me. This is, yeah, I'm in a tunnel. I just hate it. He just forced stuff. Matters in my own hands. I wonder how many things in your life that you just go back to and you go, um, dang, I forced that. That was definitely me, not God. I forced that. Some of you like, look, I'm all for dating apps. That's fine. Cool. But I would just be like, does he love Jesus? I'm not forcing. Like if some of you are like, but I'm a missionary dater. I'll save them. <laughs> fam, fam, fam. Where are we going with this, fam? I don't force stuff. I just don't want to be in stuff that God's not in. Because guess what? You'll start doing Christian things. He's like, I'm making an offering for God. Yeah, but it's not out of faith. It's out of fear. Right. I, I'm doing stuff for Jesus. Yeah, but it's like the motive is that you're afraid of your future. You don't have faith for your future. Here's the next thing. Write this down. I love this one. Fear will make you controlling. You watch anybody just that's riddled with fear. It's like, I got to control the environment. I need to control so-and-so. I need to control what happens. I just, and just control it. The opposite of controlling is releasing. The spirit of Jesus is empowering. Jesus never walked this earth and was like, I need everyone to bow down. I need every single person. One of my favorite stories about Jesus, he preaches one day, half the crowd leaves. He looks at his disciples like, hey guys, you guys want to leave? You guys want to go? And they're like, dude, we sold our businesses. We're in. We're fine. He's like, all right, let's go to Chick-fil-A. Let's go. <laughs> he's, not, he's not controlling. Fear-based people are, well, you want to control. Listen, you don't have control over anything. You control nothing. You don't control anybody. You don't even control your life. You are not in control of you. God is in control. God controls my future. God controls what happens. God is the boss. Come on, you ought to clap right now and thank God. Just surrender. I don't control even what happens to me. It's that age old saying, I can't control what happens to me. I can only control my response to what happens to me. 
Yesterday we were in the car. We are you know, doing our, our, our holy habit. We go to Randy's Donuts every Saturday morning. And we're in the car. My son asked to do something. And, and I was like, no, son, we can't do that today. And he's like, well, why not? And I said, well, Mom said that we can't do that today. And he said, well, who's the boss? I said, son, your mother is the boss. What? Don't you try it? No. Mom is the boss. We all know that. There's only one boss. I'm in a minivan, son. What? 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 I have a boss. Two bosses, Jesus and Julia. What? And, and, and what happens is when you get real fear-based and, and you're just like, I got to control and I, got, I need control and I need, and I just, it's a lust for control. By the way, you don't have any. Like you can't control your spouse. You can't control your kids. You can't control your employee. You can't control the future. You, you don't have any control. And that's faith. Faith is I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't wait. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm so excited. I don't know where you're leading me, God, but I got faith that's going to be better than I can imagine. But when you're fearful, you're like, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to make it, I got to, who, who do they like? Do they like me? Do they, it's so amazing. Saul's the king. He's, he's the guy. He's the, he's, he's the guy. And there's a guy in his kingdom named David. And David, when they get back from wars, they come out like we're about to do with the U.S. women's soccer team when they win the World Cup. And, um. And so, and so they come out and they do the parade and they chant, they chant so big. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And this bothered Saul. And Saul started to look, the Bible says he looked at him with a side eye, with an evil eye. You ever catch somebody at a party, you look at them, they're giving you the evil eye? Like, whoa. You look away real fast, like, did I just catch them giving me an evil eye? I'm going to give it 60 seconds and look back and let's find it. Again? Really? <laughs> Haters going to hate. He gave him an evil eye and he washed him. And why? Because he wanted to control Israel. He wanted to control David. And he had a spirit of jealousy because he was like, I, I, I want the praise. I want the, I want the loyalty. It's all to me. It's fear-based. It's not faith-based. You can always tell someone's plagued by fear because they want to control things. You don't have any control relinquish control over your future and let God be the boss. And usually fear has to do with, write down the next one, it, it, fear will make you insecure. Fear always causes insecurity. You just walk around going like, ah, do they, do they like me? Uh, am I good? Am I in? I, I just, I don't know. Am I, is everybody for me? This is amazing. This is Saul, Saul, king of Israel. And when they go to announce the first king, dun da 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 God says through the, the pastor, Samuel, Samuel's like, and now presenting the first ever king of Israel, dun da da And they go to present him, and he's nowhere to be found. And, and he's like, sorry, maybe you didn't hear me. Try it again. Uh, and now presenting the first king of Israel, dun da 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 And like, there, he's nowhere to be found. Watch where he is because he's so plagued with fear and so plagued with insecurity. Watch here as it comes on the screen for Samuel 10. Then Samuel brought out all the tribes of Israel near, but when they sought him, he could not be found. So they inquired again of the Lord, is there a man still to come? And the Lord said, behold, he has hidden himself among the baggage. Then they ran and took him from there. And when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulder upward. 
Isn't it amazing that the people you don't think are insecure are insecure? You, you, you and I in our culture, we go, well, this guy is tall, dark, and handsome, and he's a king. He surely can't be insecure, but he's plagued with insecurity. I'm okay if you have a touch of insecurity. I'm just not okay if you're plagued by insecurity. Some of you could use a little bit more insecurity. <laughs> Socially. Think, think about this. They announce him. Dun, 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 dun. Here's Saul. He's taller. He's better looking. He's got the label. He's a king. And he's like, you guys like me? We good? Because it's fear. Fear gets a hold of you and will get, get you so insecure. Don't be plagued by insecurity. The fear of man is a trap. I'm not trapped by the opinions of others. I'm trapped by the opinion of God. I can't care about what you think about me. I have to care about what God thinks about me. Come on, that's faith versus fear. I serve one God and it's not man. I serve one voice and it's not your voice. I serve a greater purpose and a greater calling, a greater master, and it is not the opinions of others. It is the opinions of God. So I'm not going to give in to fear and insecurity. No, just this happens when you get fear in your life. You're manipulative. You're controlling. You're insecure. You force things. It's just all the telltale signs. And the only thing that can de deliver you from this is God. What is the antidote? The antidote is Jesus. Just love this. In fact, worship team, you can come join me. Watch this verse. This is our last verse today. 1 John chapter 4. Watch how we get rid of fear and into faith. 1 John chapter 4 verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. There's no fear in love. If, you, if you're here and you're like, I fear God and I don't know what he's going to do and I think he's mad at me and I don't know about my future and am I still good? No, no, no. Everything is not in fear. Everything's in love. God loves you so much. He's not trying to intimidate you. He's not trying to bully you. He's not trying to berate you. He's trying to throw his arms around you and said, I went on a cross and died for your sins and it will be my love that changes you. It will be my love that heals you. It will be my love that delivers you and I'll bring you out of panic. I'll bring you out of insecurity security. I'll bring you out of forcing things and I'll bring you into a lifestyle of faith. The only thing that can perfect you is God's love. So that's why God's love is pursuing you today. God's love is hunting you down. God's love is in your ear saying, I called you. I've anointed you. I've got a plan for you. I am for you, not against you. I am with you. You're going to do greater than you ever imagined. You know I have seen. No ear has heard. No mind can conceive the things I have for you. I'm, I'm in this thing. I'm for you. Don't you give in to a spirit of fear. Come on, let's get faith right now. The Christian life is not about what you can do. The Christian life is about what you can receive. When you're all plagued with fear, you're like, oh, it's just, I, I'm not good enough. I'm not just, I struggle. I've got this issue. And just, you got issues. Welcome to the club. I deal with snakes and small places and close talkers. It's not about staying over here. It's about letting his love deliver us. His love do a mighty work so we can walk in our God-given potential. God is love. He is not fear. God doesn't shame you into rightness. It's his kindness that leads me to repentance. It's that he just keeps showing up. He 
keeps remaining so faithful. When I turned my back, he didn't turn his. When I tried to leave, he, he ran after me. It's his love. One of my favorite stories uh, of being in Jerusalem when we were there was when we were going through the city of David, our tour guide stopped us. And he said, we believe it's from right here that David would have looked out and seen Bathsheba. It's from this vantage, because his place was so high up and the people were so below, that it's from right here that we think David would have seen Bathsheba. And it's from right here that David makes the decision and becomes an adulterer and a murderer. And the tour guide, right after he said that, he said, but isn't it amazing that although David did much worse, the kingdom was not stripped from him. And although Saul did such less, God took the kingdom from him. Now, tour guide said, just goes to show you, a broken spirit and a contrite heart, these things the Lord will not despise. Why did David get to remain the king? Because he, with brokenness and a contrite heart, said, God, forgive me for my actions. Forgive me for my sin. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. One guy remained in his fear. Another guy got in his faith. One guy remained a sinner. The other one got cleansed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Come on, thank God right now, Zoe. We're not staying fear-based. We're not staying in our junk. I'm not camping out in my issues. I might have some issues, but I'm not staying in my issues. I'm getting out. I'm not just going to stay in the symptoms of the scared. I'm going to get in the symptoms of the saint, the sanctified, the one that are called and anointed. And it only happens by faith in Jesus Christ.